Hey everyone, it's Joe. Uh, do you guys like the way my voice sounds right now? It sounds good, huh? Sounds pretty good. Uh, here's the problem. I made a big mistake. And I didn't realize this till I was editing the show. But I recorded the my end on my internal laptop mic. So my end isn't as good as it usually is. The quality of my voice isn't as good as it usually is. I think it's okay, but it's not it's not like this. And so you're going to notice a big difference right now. And so I just wanted to let you know before we start the show. Sorry, it'll be better next week. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. <laughs> Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Oh, uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down the spiral staircase? With a Hi. dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, stranger. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike, and that's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over a decade. And each week, every single week, we call each other and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That's what we do every single week without fail. We will never miss a week. Never. No. Good God, no. (laughs) That would Uh, be It's like the sun not coming up. Before we get way too into it, I should tell you, actually. Do we so ever like really get that into it? Yeah, we do. We do. And you get into, like, all these tangents, and we never remember how we got there. But I have um, a very important package. I have a, a hard We know, Mike Lawson, this was a joke on the show for the longest time. Let's move on. We've talked a, about your dick a, a, numerous times. UPS is coming with a, a hard drive of... Um, info that has to be signed for. So if the mm-hmm. doorbell rings, I might just all of a sudden say, hold on and like run for it. Cause we should keep recording I can't, too. I can't miss it. I think that'd be really, interesting. It. be really interesting. Uh, how are you? We missed last week. Yeah. Thank God. You know what? Thank God. Because I mean, I had stuff for last week, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was fucking stretching. It was like, man, Mike, <laughs> these birds, man, they're <laughs> your personal story was about weather. Yeah, my personal story, my personal story was about waiting for the mail. Uh-huh. You know, my my stories are pretty lame too because I've been working so hard. So, oh, my I stories mean, are unless, good this week. Unless you want to talk about like, you know, talking with developers on. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at your for the first time. I'm looking at your personal stories on the Trello. I really want to see how you spin these. <laughs> oh, you have to! I have to spin them. I don't spin them. It's well. I, I want to see how either one of these lasts longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, what's up in L.A.? What's going on with you? Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago I told you I was attending my annual event, the Lo Maximo Awards, which is the big Your charity gala. Your annual event. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I throw, I throw it. Yeah, I didn't, want to tell you. I, didn't, I didn't want to tell you this. I used to be a Mexican gang member. Yeah. And so that's why it's my event. Anyway, it's a, it's a yearly fundraising event, fundraising event for uh, Homeboy Industries, which uh, helps gang members uh, get rehabilitated, right? And become yeah. regular members of society, which is kind of – I will tell you this. And I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. These guys are incredible and their stories are incredible, you know? And moving, right? Move, oh, my God. Moving your car. I, I don't think there's a time when I have – I don't think there's a, a story I haven't heard that I haven't cried. Yeah. But what's funny is there's like a little cocktail hour beforehand and the, and uh, some of the homeboys are mingling among the crowd, you know. And it's, do you it's, think that they get – real quick. Do you think that they get coaching on storytelling? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely a class. Because they're like really good at like – they don't just go in and say like my life used to be hard and now oh, no, it's no. good. No, you're they like that. have yeah. a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the stories end like I was that man or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. No, if you talk to them beforehand, they'll be like, so this one time I went with my friend and we bought a candy bar <laughs> and then I bought a, I bought a, a, a monster energy drink. 
thank you. You know, and you're like, oh, that was a horrible story. <laughs> no, so they, yeah, they definitely have a, like a storytelling class. Anyway, it's funny because you know it's basically you know the the hoity-toity people of Los Angeles who are they're going to donate big money, and then it's these former gang members, and they're just mingling. And it's, so you'll see like a woman like, in a really fancy cocktail dress talking to a guy with like literally like Satan peeling off his skin and a skull exposed tattooed on his head, you know. Right. We're like devil horns. And he's like, I like your dress. Is that Oscar de la Renta? You know, I don't know. Uh-huh. So uh, anyway, so that, that's something. Do they that have a cool. silent auction or anything or is it? No. Okay. No, they don't do anything like that. I know they should. Anyway, so the, actually there's not much to say about the awards. They were the same as they are every year. It's a fundraising event, right? But mm-hmm. one of the things I've learned after going through going after all these years is because the events at this hotel, the JW Marriott, right? Like literally across the street from the Staples Center. And because of that, the parking is ridiculous. That what they charge it's like thirty dollars to park there. Right. Anywhere near there. So I'm like, fuck that, right? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna park in the ghetto, which is not that far away. And then take just the train take, in? Well no, you ever heard you ever heard of um, Uber or Lyft? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Okay. Right? Pay like the five dollars it takes to get there. Uber and Lyft. They'll drop me off right at the door too, you know? True. Yeah. So I call this Lyft. I park I don't know what I was thinking. I parked my car in the it looked like a nuclear bomb had gone off in this area. Like I was by a, I was by myself, you know? <laughs> like a post apocalyptic uh-huh. like Los Angeles. Uh-huh. For some reason there was fog. And, it was yeah, like a and for no reason, yeah. And then I called it without a wait, and then all you saw these solitary headlights just coming. I'm like, is that it? And you know, and Mad Max shows up, and he's like, "Are you Joe?" I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It says your driver like, will be driving. <laughs> it's like sort of like a burned out tank. Anyway, tell him, tell him, Large March sent you. Yeah, exactly. A big rig shows up. <laughs> so, uh, no, actually, a, an Asian man in a minivan shows up. In this, you know, post-apocalyptic Los Angeles, and picks me up, and I'm only Mike. I'm only less than a mile. I'm going less than a mile. He drives me. First of all, he won't talk. He's like, "Hello," and I'm like, "Oh, all right." Hello. I sort of prefer that. Yeah, but if this, you're gonna have super talkative or not talkative at all, I prefer no talking at all. Mm, I like talking. Okay. So anyway. uh we're in the car, though, but what's funny is he's not talking. And then we get, Mike, I'm a, not, I'm seeing a block. It's a very short, so everything's fine until we get, like, a block away, one, like, one light away from the hotel. <laughs> and it stopped. I don't know if there's a Laker game going on. It stopped. We're in a parking lot. I, but, Mike, okay. I can see the front door of the hotel, right? So get out and walk. That's why I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to get out right here. No, I have to drop you off in front of the hotel. You put, I just got to drop you off. I'm like... So then I'm sitting, Mike, I'm sitting there for like, it took maybe three minutes to get to the intersection. It took me 15 minutes to get to the front door. And do we need to talk about how at, at one point, um, while we're sitting there, he, he doesn't charged talk. you he, for he those just, 15 minutes. I know. He just stares straight ahead and I'm staring straight ahead. And I was thinking about it because then that song, he had the radio on, that song <laughs> Uptown Funk came on. They're like, uh-huh. Uptown Funk you up. Uptown funk you up, right? And he's blaring in his minivan, and it's just an old Asian man and me, an old Mexican man, sitting staring straight ahead in this car as this song is blaring in the minivan. I'm fuming. You're right, I just want to get you out. You had every right to get out. <sighs> no, I didn't. I wanted to. I kept saying, like, no, seriously, I can get out. No, I have to drop you off in front of the hotel. Because he like, wanted that money, because he's going to be sitting in the traffic anyway. Well, you know, well, so when I got out of the car, I, w- I went on the lift immediately to give him a two-star review. But th- okay. I mean, I did still. But um, I was gonna—I was actually going to even write to the like, I want my fucking money back, you know? Come on, yeah. like, it's going to be like a, you know, $17 fare or something for one mile. But uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I had a credit. So it cost oh, me nothing. Cool. Okay, so the maximum award goes on, whatever, right? They yeah. end. I'm leaving. One of the other girls, he goes, oh, I'm using Uber. I go, okay, well, why don't we walk together? Because then, again, it's still like a parking lot, right, in front of the hotel. So he goes, let's, she goes, let's go walk up a couple of blocks. That way we get our Ubers and Lyfts right away. Okay? We walk up a couple of blocks. We're standing there. We're chit-chatting. Me and Megan. She calls her Her Uber shows up. 
like that. Right? She's like, bye. Right? Now I'm standing there. It takes forever. And this lift shows up. Now it's like a shy little Asian girl. I wish it was the same man. That would, oh, that would be, be so great. funny. And he, like, he's seen the two-star review. <laughs> <laughs> now that would sh- be like a Seinfeld episode if Seinfeld was still on. <laughs> so now it's this shy little Asian girl, right? She really c- cannot speak English. I'm trying to explain to her where my car is. Okay, and she just hands me her phone to tell me to put it in. So I just, I just, like placed where it was. Right, uh-huh. I put the phone back. Now downtown LA is a series of one way streets. She misses the street she needs to go down. Now, I'm asking this question. Let's say you're going down a major street and you need to make a right onto a one way street. Okay, and every other street goes a different way. You missed the you missed the, the street that lets you turn right. What are you gonna do? Well, if so, the next one is a left. So I would go try left, to get and over. And the one after that will go right. I would try to get over and probably go left right away to circle back. That's or, what she did. That's what she did. And let me tell I you why she's an fine. idiot. I walked three blocks, two three blocks, to get away from the traffic. She made the left, went right back into the Fakaka traffic. <laughs> she drove right back in the traffic. I even told well, her, I go, you, can just, I go, you can just skip, go to the next one. And she's like, oh, no, I have to go this way. And then, sure enough, now we're back. I'm back in front of the hotel now. <laughs> right in front of the hotel. Right and you guys the... passed the minivan and yeah. he's just shaking his He's head like shaking his, yeah, his fist at me. <laughs> and now I'm in parking lot. I walked three blocks for this. And now I'm in a parking lot. Trying to... So it took forever to get to my car. I love that we started this episode with you saying like, no, I got these golden stories this week. That's a good story. Uh, hey, look, I, I, I want to see you top that with what you're coming with. <laughs> yeah, I was really upset. And then here's the thing, too. Now it's like 1130 at night, and she drops me off in my car. And I'm telling you, this is a ghetto, ghetto, ghetto area, okay? So I'm thinking, so she's, she dropped behind my car, and I'm like, oh, how nice of her. She's waiting for me to get in my car. And then let me make sure I can, I'm okay. And she's like a little Asian girl. I get in my car and I pull out. I'm driving now. I'm down two blocks. I look. She's still parked there with her lights on. Mike, her car's by herself in the ghetto. That's okay. She's in a car. She's probably just trying to pick up her next fare, right? Hope she lived. She's fine. <laughs> She'll anyway, be fine. What's going on with you? Well, I have a super slow week in personal stories too. Um, I'm like I said. I'm basically consumed with this work project, so. Um, I actually found myself watching a lot of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Have you? Do you watch this at all? No. It's awful. It's completely disgusting, and I can't turn away from it. It's mind-numbing, and I don't know. It's doing the trick. Um, but, Joey, this past weekend, I decided to go to a new barbershop, and I have a – I've been going to this hipster barbershop for a while in Oakland. It's kind of expensive, and it's – I mean, it's a really good haircut, but it's like it's too busy for its own good. So there's five chairs, but there's always 15 guys waiting for haircuts. Oh, it's not one of those places where you make an appointment? No appointment is allowed. So they have a chalkboard, and you have to walk in and put your name in to get on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. But there's some sort of like crooked system because you can go when they open first thing in the morning, and there's like you and two other guys waiting for haircuts, and there's already 10 names on the board somehow. Mm-hmm. There's something where, like, if you're their friend, you get on the list or something. Yeah. But everyone's hair looks good when they walk out of there. But they all look the same. It's the exact same haircut. In fact... And how much do you charge ha- you per haircut? 25 bucks. Mike, the- you could get that like when a place where you make an appointment. Well, that's the thing. I can't. There's no... I haven't... Like, a supercuts, I don't know. No, like. not supercuts. Like, a, a hairstylist that you make, you make an appointment with. It'll be, like, 30 I don't know of – well, hold on. We're going to get there. But I don't know of very many like good salons that are men that do it that have a good men's haircut. A lot of them I feel are like not what I want. It's just not – I can't really articulate it, but it's not what I want. I want like a – I want the cut that I get at this barbershop. But you feel like you have a fancy haircut. You have a very basic man's haircut. I'm telling you, Joe. The haircut I get there is different than the haircut I've gotten – anywhere else Mm -hmm. okay um and this place is like 
like I said, really hipster. So it's also there's something nice about just kind of going there. I enjoy going there. Um, they give you a shot of whiskey when you get your hair cut. That kind of just hipster place. You know the kind of place I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, but I'd be Disney. angry while I was there. Yeah, and and I've I'm I've been getting there where like. I can't even talk myself into going because I know I'm going to sit. Joey, sometimes two hours. You put your name in and you don't get a haircut for two but hours. But you know what? Here's the deal. You're actually speaking to my problem with hipsters. Okay. So they're very good at the craft. Okay. Yeah. They've mastered that. All right. But they, they for some reason, they, they, they do it at the expense of business. So, for instance, the restaurant that Cameron works at. Okay. Yeah. Thank God he got a second job because – I think that the days the days are numbered for this first restaurant, you know, because it's these hipster trust fund kids who decided oh, we're going to open a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. They open this restaurant, and the the appealing thing with this restaurant that Cameron works at is they have an amazing patio, like this amazing outdoor patio. It's beautiful, and they turn it into this beautiful thing because hipsters have good taste, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cameron tells me, by the way, the actual enclosed restaurant in the building is tiny. And you're, mm-hmm. but you're like, oh, who wants to be in there anyway? I want to be outdoors. Okay. Cameron just told me that uh, they're losing the parking lot. They had this big parking lot and the patio because they didn't own it. And the guy who owned it no sold it to like some apartment guy. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? He goes, oh yeah, we're losing that. And I'm like, uh, well, there goes your restaurant. Who who doesn't see who doesn't seal that up before they do the restaurant, right? Right, before you put money into fixing it and everything. Yeah. So, and, and Joey, so same I found thing here. Like, they, they're really good at cutting hair, and they've got the aesthetic down. Yeah. But then they're like, but they haven't worked out how you, you, you efficiently move people through a, a hair yeah. salon. They, even, they have the aesthetic down. They even have the clientele. Like, yeah. They're, they're packed. Yeah. Um, they just need, how to, need to make us stay happy. Mm-hmm. So I found this new barber by my house that allows appointments, mm-hmm. and it's uh, only two seats in there, but it's kind of like the vibe is right. I felt like I would give them a try. So this past Friday, I made an appointment. I went in. It's a barber shop. It's a you know everything that I was thinking would be good, but I didn't know. I was just going to go give it a try because why not? Um, oh, and the weird thing they offer – I've never seen this before, but they offer pre-drag services. Have you heard of this? So, oh, so if you're a drag queen, they they, they take care of the hair shit and stuff like that. For yeah, you. so for eighty five bucks, eighty five bucks, you get a haircut and a shave and a facial, and I that's guess actually that's actually not bad to do. But right before you get before you get put, in drag. I want to go back to this other barber shop here because I'm already thinking right, like how like, like they could do like a so some of these like new trendy restaurants. What they do is they don't do a reservation system; they do a ticketing system. So it evens out the playing field. They could do that. Like every day, you got to buy. Like they, you, they don't take appointments for the future. Like in the morning, you got to go on call or go on online and buy a ticket. And that ticket, mm-hmm. almost like a fast pass at Disneyland. See, at least there's something, you yeah. know, that we don't waste yeah, your time and, going there. And it's and a it, list, and yeah. the first fifteen people on it that are the way they do it now, the chalkboard may or may not be there. So there, I could be number eleven on the list and get called to sit down right now. But so many people are going in and putting their name in and knowing that it's going to be an hour. So they yeah. leave. It's just a fucked up system. They're retired. I, I, okay, yeah. go ahead. So go ahead. You went to the new place. So I went to this new place. The barber was actually super nice when I got there. Um, it was him and another barber, this lesbian. And I had an appointment with him. He has two tattoos on his face, two stars on each cheek, mm-hmm. but he was super nice. Um, I told him that I usually go to this hipster place, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, don't get me started on that hipster place. It's called don't Temescal. even get me started. Wait, what's it it's called? It's called Temescal Alley Barbershop, and it's okay. in th- there's an area in Oakland called Temescal, and this is like a little hipster village called Temescal Alley. They have like a donut shop and disgusting clothing stores that I don't understand why somebody would pay a hundred fifty dollars for this kind of T-shirt, but whatever. Um, so. He's like, don't get me started on this Temescal Alley. And he starts telling me all of the complaints that I had. He's like, people tell me this, people tell me that. All the things that I had complaints about. But then Joey, as he's starting to get into my hair, he starts trash talking my hair. Oh, <laughs> like really? my previous uh, Don't even get me started on your hair. He, no, he's like, oh, they fucked up the back over here. 
and he's like telling me how awful my last haircut was. But I'm like, there's a chalkboard in your hair. <laughs> yeah, um, a shot of whiskey. And I also I made the mistake of telling him that at the old barber shop I would just go in, sit down, and they would cut it. But I was kind of looking for a barber that would maybe explain how to style it a little bit, because like. I don't know. They don't do much of that. And I kind of, they don't tell me what kind of product they put in. They don't, they don't talk a lot there about hair. So I I said that and Joe, he started explaining every fucking snip that he made. So like he put the comb against my head to show me how my head arches and how that's where he's going to start fading in. And he would cut, he would go like snip, snip. And then he would take two steps back and look at it, and then walk forward and go snip, snip, and then take two steps back. Here's a question. Was he hot? No. He was... It was weird. He was... He. I mean, he's not really my type. He uh, was white? Probably, um, no. I don't think so. Mm. Um, he... Well, first Wait. he had tattoos on his face, and that, that was hard for me to look past. Yeah. sexually like to like see if he was hot but he's also a little bit older than my type i think mm-hmm. um and but he was a very nice guy i wouldn't say he was ugly though i would not use the word ugly to describe him okay. um but joey when Disgusting. all was said and done it took it took an hour to cut my hair oh really yeah like i'm used to a 15 minute cut but it's a really good haircut and i'm really happy so i'm going to continue to go to him and since i can make appointments it's going to be so much better yeah appointments yeah. are the way to go where do you get your haircut? Well, right now I go to the super. Well, I was. No, okay. For a long time, I was just doing the buzz cut every month. I'm like, I'm just going to pay for it. I'm not going to pay, you know, for a uh, $30 haircut for a buzz cut, you know. But now that I'm growing my hair out, uh, I am now going to resume going to my hairstylist, a girl named Laura, based out of old Newport Beach. She's okay. like 30 bucks. She's really good. Yeah, it was funny because my brother recommended me, recommended her to me because she was married to his friend, and then like literally two or three months into the haircutting, they got like in this nasty divorce. Uh huh. And your brother's on the side of the. Dude? No, he's very whatever. But it, now she's like, oh, she's really nice to me. But I basically, I mean, I don't care about this other guy. I don't know him. You know, so I, I had a side with her. Cool. Thank you. Um, what else is going on with you in L.A.? Mike, you know what? I can't blame you because we didn't do a show last week. But next time I tell you, I'm going to hang out with uh, my cousin Richard. (laughs) Is this – you text me. You were like, I fucking hate Richard. Can you please (laughs) – What happened? Please remind me not to hang out with Richard anymore. Yeah, remind me what happened. Oh, and there's a few people listening. Maybe they don't know what you text me either. <laughs> yeah. I have this cousin, Richard. He's gay and he's a week younger than me. And uh, he's always inviting me to things. And But this case, he was like asking me, will you please go with me to this event? He want, Remember where he did the reading before, the poetry reading? Yeah. Uh, he Well, this is actually kind of a funny story. This is very Richard. So... So he did that poetry reading. Then he went to New York, and somehow he finagled some reading there where he organized it. And it was a huge success, okay, in New York City. So one of the guys he did the reading with in New York City was like, uh, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be out in California in the summer. And there's, I guess, this other prominent Chicano writer, you know, that he, that lives in L.A., L.A.-based. And uh, <laughs> this is a tangent. I'm sorry. A batangent. And uh, and so Richard calls me and he tells me like, oh, they want to do this reading. He goes, anyway, the reason Richard called me is like, you need to help me right now. You need to help me write this email. I go, what's going on? He goes, well, I said I would love to do this reading with him, with the L.A.-based Chicano writer. And we're, we'll call uh, the L.A.-based one, we'll call him Luis. And then the, we'll call the other guy Javier, right? So I, I was excited to work with Javier and Luis and um, – so they said, can you find a venue? So I was working on that. And then um, Luis, the one from L.A., he, he goes, oh, we should do it at this one place. Well, I know that place and I don't like it. So help me write an email. Come on and tell them, fuck you. And I don't want to do your <laughs> fucking reading. And I was like, wait a minute. All he did was suggest a place. Uh-huh. 
I go, you know, I understand. Okay, he explained to me why he didn't want to do it, and it made sense. But he already, all the guys said was, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And he was like, right. "Fuck you," you know. Right. So I, so there's one famous bookstore in LA called the Last. Like bookstore. he's missing a step in between there. He should say like, "This is actually what I think about it," and then yeah. he has the opportunity to come back and say like, "No, I really want to do it." And then Richard, yeah, says, fuck you, I'm not doing it. So then right. I go, what, so Richard goes, so I, I'm trying to find a venue. So I go, have you thought of the Last Bookstore, which is a super super cool famous bookstore in LA? Okay, and they have events there, and Richard goes, "Oh, fuck them." <laughs> Fuck the last bookstore. And I go, why? He goes, they make you fill out a pro- – either write a proposal to uh, do an event at their bookstore. You throw out a fucking proposal. Fuck them. They're going to be part of their white fraternity bullshit and they approve whether I can do an event there. And I go, well, I go – I go, look, listen. I go, I, Richard, I go, you know, a queer Chicano reading event. That sounds kind of different. I don't think they really do that. I think you'd have probably a pretty good shot if you write this proposal. You mm-hmm. should submit it. What do you? What does it hurt to submit this proposal? No, fuck them. I don't want to fuck it. I'm not going to give them the opportunity to judge me. They're going to judge me? I'm going to judge them and be like, fuck you and not do this, right? And I was like, oh, okay. Wow, all right. So <laughs> so we moved on. But then I went to the last bookstore webpage. And I'm like, oh, I want to see what this proposal is, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a little web form on there that says name. Uh, date of event, describe the event, and how many people do you expect? And I was like, oh, well, Richard must have, you know, filled this out, and then they asked him my proposal. I thought, no, you know, no, it's that thing on the website. <laughs> That's what he was talking. It was. I thought he, he was talking about like a full, like, write a five-page report and then describe. No, it was the web form. Is it the act of writing it down that makes him upset? Because he can't expect that he just walks in and is allowed to do an event. Well, like, because he knows what happens, that he, sh- he needs well, what, to like. What's funny is the event to them. What's funny? What I think the last books are doing is more noble. The place in New York, he essentially just did a pay-to-play. So he paid them X number of dollars, and they're like, "Okay, we well, can do whatever you want here for that number of dollars, right?" Yeah. So, uh, so, so he did. The, well, here's okay. I guess I mean I I guess I already dug my grave here if Richard listens, so I might as well say this. I actually filled out the form on the last bookstore because my my idea my idea is like I'm like, what if I get the event? Uh-huh. I'm like, Richard, I got the last bookstore. I filled out the web form, I got it. And then he's like, Great, and I'm like, Okay, here's what I need you to do. I need you to submit what you're gonna um read and I'll tell you whether you can be in my reading. <laughs> No, but here's the best part. I don't know what happened, but the next day I was talking to Richard, and <laughs> he goes, oh, I went to this thing last night. Thank God I didn't do the proposal at the last bookstore. It's horrible. They don't have bathrooms in there, and there's no parking, and also some other weird, horrible thing. I was like, oh. He's like, oh, so thank God I never submitted for that. <laughs> no worries, though. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so now he's decided to do the reading at that place where he did it before. So he wants to go – he wanted to go to the bookstore when they were having another gay reading and talk to the people who run it so he could talk to them about it. So he goes, could you please come with me? I don't want to be there alone. And I was like, oh, OK. Whatever, right? Yeah, you're doing him a favor by going. Doing him a favor, right? Mm-hmm. I'm leaving from West L.A. to meet him and we had agreed to meet at Union Station. What I figured – because I had to do like a literally rush – the thick of rush hour. And they have a train system. I go, you know what? I'm going to take this expo line. It goes right into Union Station. Richard can just pick me up, and it's like a mile from Union Station. It'd be great. Mike, it took me over an hour to go four miles Ugh. to the expo line because you have this awful luck with transportation. There was a shooting, a shooting right oh. by the expo line. So all traffic. I'd say the guy that got shot has worse luck then, but. Seriously. Still. Maybe not. I thought, like, thank God I'm not in traffic. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah. So it took me an hour and an hour to get there. I get there. I already bought, and then I buy my pass. As I'm running up to the train, it leaves right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I just miss it. And at that moment, Richard calls me. Where are you? And I tell him what happened. He goes, do you think you can take the train now just all the way to my house? Because Union Station's out of the way, by the way. Completely the opposite of out of the way. It's literally a block away from where you have to be. 
So that's when I texted you. I was like, because if if I would have not bought the pass, I'd have been like, you know what? Why don't we just you just go by yourself? I'm gonna I'm gonna just go home, right? Yeah. Too much already, I've already committed, right? Right. So I get in this train. Thank God, actually, right before I go in the tunnel, Richard goes, you know what? I'll just pick you up at Union Station. But I was like, fuck him, right? So I go to this Union Station, and I have to pee like a motherfucker. I have to pee so badly, you know? I get out Union Station, and Richard, I know where he is. He's texting me and stuff like that. So I have about a minute or two. Maybe five minutes. So I run to the bathroom in Union Station. Have you ever been to a bathroom in a train station, Mike? Um, yeah, recently, very recently. What was it like? (laughs) Well, on Wednesday I was in Sacramento, and so at the Amtrak station I went to the bathroom. And it was, I mean, it was fairly clean, but there was one dude that was, like, clearly showering in the sink. Like, he was using the sink to shower. I go to this bathroom. All I have in my mind is peeing. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to sit down. Nope. Okay. Easy. Yeah, and there was a urinal open when I run in. So I'm not really paying attention, but as I'm peeing, it's a long pee because I have to pee yeah. really badly. So now I have a chance, you know, to like kind of like suss the situation at one time I'm in there. There's just like a really weird tension, right? Tension? Yeah. Are there other people in there? Oh, yeah, it's packed. Okay. Right? Packed. And then I noticed, you know, because there were these guys standing at the urinals when I walked up, and I'm peeing for a long time, and they're still at the urinals. Did you, right? like, distru- disrupt a drug deal or a gay sex scene or something? It's one of them. You'll find out which. So there's this really kind of cute Latino guy next to me, mid-20s, I would say, like 6'2", with, like, sweatpants on. And he's, like, looking at me, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, he's like, clearly looking at my dick. Right? Okay. And I'm all like, what? But then, like, all of a sudden he just, like, picks his sweatpants up and, I don't know, he walks away, right? Yeah. Then there's an open urinal. And then there's this guy, early 20s black guy. Right? His dick is out. Like, look at my dick. Uh Uh-huh. And he is looking me up and down. And, like, Mike, basically, let's cut to the chase. Hardcore cruising. Like, Hard core cruising me in this train station, right? Yeah. And then and to the point where I never get cruised, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like looking at like, is it is he cruising me? Like I'm like looking around, <laughs> and when I look around, I realize everybody there is cruising. I'm the only guy legitimately peeing, <laughs> right? And like, that, yeah. It's like I notice, like, oh, where the f- what? It's like you know, like in a movie when like the camera does those weird tricks, like it feels like the room's closing in, but yet going out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I'm like, what? And I look and I see on the ground there's like multiple feet in the stalls. There's like I'm all, oh my god, right? And so then I just finish peeing, and even as I wash my hand, the black guy is still like just staring me down, like, come on, man, somebody's dick is getting sucked. And I was just like, uh, uh, hi, bye, right? Yeah. Here's the weird part. As I leave, I'm looking back like I just got out of, like, hell or something. And I see a security guard walk by me. And he's walking into the bathroom. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. We're going to see them all scatter like rats <laughs> in two seconds, right? Uh-uh. Cop walks in, or security guard walks right in. I'm like, I want to see the rats leave the sinking ship. No, he walks right back out a minute later. I was like, what is this? So my question to you is this. A, have you ever been cruised? And B, and I talked to a friend of the show, Adam Burns, about this, and he had actually a lengthy answer. If you are being cruised, what what would I like what was I supposed to do? Let's say I was like, all right, Richard was waiting for me, and it also was very gross in there. But like let's say for instance I was like, Yeah, let's fucking do this. Like, what happens at that point? Well, I've never I've never had sex in a public restroom like that. But I oh, I'm like super scared of that. Like I feel well, first of all, it's illegal. Yeah. And so I don't think I would do it because I feel like the well, it doesn't turn me on to like do it in the public place. Like I know some people get really turned on by that. So I think if it were me in the situation, I would like acknowledge and maybe even like look a little bit, but then I would wash my hands and leave. Like I'm not that's exactly what I did. Like I'm I will not tell you touching, this. I'm not I will tell doing you this. anything illegal. 
there was a sort of adrenaline rush that happened just when I realized the situation I was in. Mm-hmm. And look, let's be honest, it's it's sort of flattering to be cruised. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. You know? But at the end of the day, I was like, one, no, it's like, it's like, it's like the grossest bathroom I've ever been in in my entire life. Yeah. And I'm not going to pass judgment on the people that do that because we'll get emails about it. But I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like once upon a time in the world that we lived in, it that was it. It served a purpose, and I don't know as a. I mean, now it doesn't serve the same purpose for me. Like cruising and doing sex in a bathroom isn't the only way that I could get sex uh, secretively. Do you know what I mean? Like there's the internet and there's these sex apps and there's just so many other ways of doing it that I don't feel like that's a necessary thing. Well, the other thing is too, I'm not really into anonymous sex. So like at some point I'd be in the stall and I'd be like, so uh, what do you do for work? You know, like I would be, (laughs) I'd be trying to get to know them, you know, like you come here often, you know, like that was like me when at the um, powerhouse the last time. I, like, it's a patio filled with people having sex, and I'm like sitting out there, and people would come and sit down next to me, and I'm like, "Hi, my name's Mike." And like, everyone's like, "Shh, shh." <laughs> What's wrong with you? That look, don't you, can't you tell him he's gonna use a Mister Fister on that guy? <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, oh, so, yeah. so then I leave. Richard picks me up, right? And we go to this reading. Okay. By the way, it's taking me over two hours to get to this Union Station with combined everything, right? We Did you mention reading. the bathroom to him? Yeah, he was like, oh my god, that sounds so hot, right? <laughs> so then uh, we go to the um, reading where there's a guy dressed as um, the Indian god in the blue one with all the arms. Uh-huh. Okay. And it's funny because this guy's doing a reading of his stuff. And Richard and I were talking later, and it's funny how Richard hears things differently than I do. So this guy did a reading, and um, and in his reading, he's talking about how he met his boyfriend, and he's complaining like, "Oh, it was just you know, it was just so funny. Our dicks looked the same, but mine's was dark and his was white, you know." And he's talking about that, and I was like, "And I don't want to get into this. You and I can have a debate about this off the air, on the air later. I don't want to talk about it right now because my story is long enough, but." I was just like, ugh, I'm so fucking sick of every goddamn fucking gay story that's fucking in it, you know? Like, can we have a gay story that's not fucking-centric, you know? Well, then what would be gay about it? Like, a story well, about dinner? Like, that's well, not a well, gay no, dinner. Well, about falling in love with a man and Bubbity Blue, but, like, it always is like... I don't want to have this debate right now. We can okay, have it later. Okay, okay. That's, that's what the takeaway take I, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm just... And I'm not saying... I'm not saying that... Um, we're having the debate. I, I'm not saying <laughs> that I don't want sex at all. Like, I'm all, no, and I could cover my ears. It's more like, it just seems to me that every piece of gay fiction or gay literature that I hear, that seems to be the main course, you sure. know? And if I, and I it, get that. I get it. But I, I, also, I don't disagree with you at all, but I feel like, um, like for a group of people that have been repressed because of sexuality then i think it makes sense that stories about coming from that repression have a lot to do about sex sure whatever we can talk about this later okay so um so then richard was talking later he goes oh i love the story about comparing the dicks and i was like oh i didn't say anything right and then he goes except when he talked about the dark penis and the white penis, I'm like, ugh, once again, queen, you know, I have to be with a white dick. You can't be with another dark dick, you know. Fetishizing the white man. I'm like, I didn't even think of that. Like, <laughs> like it's just funny what he takes away from it, you know. So, uh, anyway, maybe I would say combined, we were there for half an hour. And he goes, okay, I'm taking you back to the subway. And then I got back on the expo line. I was probably on the road for like three hours combined and was doing the thing for half I could go, at one point I go like, oh, do you want to get something to eat? Get dinner? I didn't eat dinner on purpose because of this. He goes, no, I ate already. He's going to be visiting New York City one time and have you fly there and then he'll have lunch with you and then I'll be like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Like you go way out of your way and then you just do nothing or you do very little. It wasn't nothing, but. Uh, no, you're right. 
And uh, the thing is, too, think about when he asked me to go all the way to the train station, which is another 30 minutes past Union Station. I said, why? And he goes, it's just more convenient for me. I'm like, oh, really, bitch? It's more convenient for you? I'm like, ugh. So just next time remind me not to hang out with Richard. I'll try. Um, and Although in a few minutes you'll probably be telling me about plans you have with him. Um, but, Joey, um, let me tell you a story I have. Go ahead. Are you there? I'm here. <laughs> this shows how slow my week has been. Um, I started getting iMessages from my mom instead of text messages. Mm-hmm. So it turns out my mom and dad are both on iPhones, which is cool. But they, my my parents, this is a lot of technology for these two people who just started texting. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mom will not access email from her phone. I know that. Like there, she has no reason to to access email. Like so she could send fo- God forwards. You know what I mean? Like she could just do this from the desktop. Well, do you, what phone are your parents on? The two of them. Do they well, my both dad have has cell a phone phones? from work. My dad has a phone from work, so it's an Android. Okay. But my mom. Is now on the iPhone. She got it a year ago, and just, like she learned how to use it. Mm, she she knows how to use it. There's still things that I have to deal. Like she doesn't know why music is playing, and I have to you know <laughs> she'll call me and want to know how my music is playing. Or the other day I was with her, and so because she also doesn't understand the idea of um, limited memory, you know. So she takes a lot – God, you think she's fucking Annie Leibovitz, man. She's just taking picture after picture after picture and videos. And then she's always confused when there's no room, right? <laughs> so what I did was they have – my parents have Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And so if you have Amazon Prime – and consumer tip if you have Amazon Prime out there and don't know this. You get unlimited photo storage. You don't get unlimited video storage, but you have unlimited photo storage on Amazon Prime. So I installed the Amazon Cloud app on her phone, and it just backs up her photos. And I told her she can just delete photos. You know, maybe I wouldn't delete a couple days, I said, ago, but anything before that, you're good. The other day I saw her deleting photos, and she was like, boop, 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 boop. She's looking, deleting photos. She was deleting them from the cloud. <laughs> and I go, no, 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 no. You can't delete from those. So, so now I, has... had, I had to hide the cloud from her. It's hidden oh, in a folder. God. Yeah. Well, I feel like my mom, all she does is text and phone calls, but I feel like maybe build it and they will come. So she has this, basically a computer in her hand. Yeah, they maybe, learn. Maybe she'll like learn to do something great from it. I know on, uh, like, I don't know, get Bible quotes or something. There's apps for everything, right? Yeah. No, no, they, um, they pick up on it. They learn. It's annoying, actually. So, well, speaking of learning, according to my sister, uh, friend of the show, sister... <laughs> my my mom has somehow stumbled across the podcast that I do. And I mean my mom has always known that I did podcast. Um when I was on Game Night Guys she was a guest and after she was a guest on Game Night Guys she went and looked up how to listen to it and she kind of I don't think she went through the whole archive of Game Night Guys but every once in a while I know she would listen to Game Night Guys. Yeah. But now she knows about what someone called lies and about this one. Well, let's let's talk, stop here. What someone called lies, I don't think would be bad for your mom, right? Well, that's the thing. So, like, it's not profane. Like, I don't. It's not that profane, but I do tell like family stories. Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean. So, it's not that it's bad, but it's. I don't know. It's it's a little bit uncomfortable. Like, I feel now I think about that before I do a story. Mm-hmm. But I, what did your mom knows you do this, right? Yeah, she but she thinks because my mom's a narcissist. She thinks that all you and I do is talk about her. <laughs> that the whole show is about her. My favorite stories are though. <laughs> I know most people's are. Yeah. Joe texted me the other day, and you, your mom was eating a pear, right? Was it a pear yes. or? A... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it came up, but yes, she was eating something. Yeah. And she told you that pear is a good source of fruit. Yeah, she was reading that. She read that pears <laughs> were a good source of fruit. <laughs> And she wasn't wrong. No, she's not wrong. Yeah, but you've you've told your mom, like, listen at your own risk, right? Yeah, because she asked because family members, you know, like, uh, listen to the show. And she was like, you know, people in the family are saying that that, that there's this show and it's really funny and and I want permission to listen. And I go, you can listen, but I don't want to hear about it. Hmm. 
but they haven't listened. They they wouldn't even know how to listen. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it takes a lot of effort to even like find it and do it. Yeah. If you don't know how to access podcasts, yeah. my mom previously. Before she even found it, or before she got her iPhone, she had found what some would call lies.com, mm-hmm. which is the other podcast I do. And she asked me, she's like, what is it? I just see pictures. And I was like, yep, yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> so she couldn't actually a- figure out how to access the audio files on each of the, the posts. So um, so yeah, have you heard anything all. from her? No, nothing. In fact, I only know that she found them because my sister mentioned it. My mom hasn't mentioned it to me at all. Yeah, because the so. thing with catching up is it's kind of just like a – I could see you're not being that interested in it. Cause it but what someone call lies, it's all you and there's a picture of you on the on the icon. Yeah. And it's like stories of my life. So like a lot of times it's like when I was six, here's a memory I have. And so my mom is – that's a shared memory almost with her, you know, versus like what I did last week. She doesn't care I got a new barber. So. Yeah, mom. A lot of yeah. people don't. <laughs> Neither does Joe. <laughs> uh, what's up in L.A.? Do you got any news stories to tell me about? Uh, Mike, a chef has resigned after telling foie gras hater he'd cook her. The chef, at, the chef at Atwater Village's Tam O'Shanter was ousted after a vitriolic online rant against an animal rights activist he told he'd make her bones into stock. The battle over foie gras can get pretty intense and has only heated up since the state reversed the ban on the dish earlier this year. Some chefs have been even received death threats from animal lovers. Recently, things got pretty heated on a now-deleted restaurant review posted to the Facebook page of a local eatery that serves foie gras. A woman named Kim Socha posted on Facebook her dismay when she visited Turin, which is named after a type of forced meatloaf, and found a lot of meat dishes. In particular, she took offense to the restaurant serving foie gras and left without dining. As weird as it seems that it would have surprised her that a restaurant named Turin served foie gras, it was even more shocking when Mark Calendarian, the chef at Atwater Village's Tam O'Shanter, got involved in defense of foie gras. End of the story was he told her, uh, hey, bitch, uh, I'm going to cook your bones. Okay, so there's two things happening. I think this story, what they're, they're, it's, they're baiting us because there's this vegetarian, non-vegetarian fight that people like to watch and participate in on both sides, and nobody's mm-hmm. innocent, right? But this isn't that. What this is is somebody came into your restaurant and said something stupid, and you said you were going to cook them. I don't think that that's right ever. I think that that's weird. That but, hold on, but the, it, it, no, I I think it's wrong for as the a voice of that business for you to put out a stupid threat like that. Even regardless, if somebody came and said they didn't like the color of paint on the building, or that they they hated that you know the lights were on and they only liked to eat in the dark. Regardless of how stupid it is, as a a business as the voice of a business, you you don't attack back. I think that's bad form. Well, I think partially too. I don't. If he would have just said he didn't cook her bones, I think it would be kind of seen as a joke. But I'm reading more about it now, and it was actually a lot of the misogynistic slant of it. So here's what he actually wrote. I don't know what they didn't say what she wrote, but he writes, "Of course I do, but that's not what we're talking about. Get your facts checked first through." And Kim. I'd forgo cooking any animal to use your disassembled corpse. I'd make a big old batch of cunt stock out of your bony little frame. Why don't you donate your time to, to helping starving kids or stopping the crimes against animals like poaching instead of meddling with non-issues? Look, I don't think that it was a Would threat. Would you eat a cunt stock? No, gross. I don't think that it was a threat. I think it was a, a joke that didn't land and that he, he didn't That should be the name of our way. show. Jokes that don't land. Yeah. But I do think that I don't. It, as a business, it's I think always wrong to try to attack back. I don't know. I don't think you ever win. A very very few of these like so and so went to Yelp and if somebody had screenshotted her Yelp review and said, "Look at this vegetarian saying that this meat place should be more vegetarian friendly," how ridiculous is that? And it was the internet that took off and tore this lady apart. That'd be one thing, but as a business owner, I, I don't, I don't think that it's that cool. And for foie gras is disgusting. <laughs> I agree with you, sort of. I think. Look, we've talked about this before. You just have to be very aware of your social media presence. I don't know why you would ever engage. Like, just kill them with kindness. I wouldn't. the The reports are saying this was like a death threat. 
that this no. ship did? I wouldn't say it was that no. far, though, would you? No. Like, it was, it was a, a misplaced, or a joke that didn't land. Yeah. People get fucking so sensitive. Especially yeah. in San Francisco. Oh, no, this is in L.A. Yeah. But it, if you're a vegetarian going to a restaurant named Meaty McMeats like this or whatever. Yeah, but vegetarians, like, not vegetarians, people who don't eat meat, but people who are, like, uh, aggressively vegetarian are, like, they're always trying to pick a fight. You know, and they're gonna. They're. I don't know why he'd get engaged with this troll, like a vegetarian troll. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's going on in the Bay Area, Mike Lawson? Well, Joey, this um, this is in 2015. Um, the kink is on the table and on the floor and in the basement. That's from the story. I didn't put that there. San Francisco, right? Innovation capital of the world by day and a leather mecca by night, is now home to a company that rents you risque spaces to sex for, uh, for sex tourism. It's kind of like Airbnb, but it's for kinky fucking. So um, that's kind of a thing. Uh, I didn't read this all the way through. <laughs> um, is, three... if, if I were you, this is where I would fill in like, all these details that aren't even as like... That are fake. Yeah. Uh, at $300 a night, of which... It's called Kink B&B. $300 a night, uh, Kink B&B will take 10% of that. And the space will accommodate four people, and it's also pet-friendly. Pets? Yeah, I didn't, really, I didn't read this all the way through. <laughs> but here's my question to you. When I saw this, I was like, like, it's innovative, and uh, I get it. Imagine, like, I don't know, like, parents or people with roommates or, I don't know, you just don't. The, like the equipment can get very pricey, right? If you want to do something very elaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of get that. But then I'm also thinking like I feel weird sleeping in a bed because I know somebody slept there before me at a hotel. Yeah. Do I want to yeah. fuck in a sling when I know somebody has done that in the same sling? Mm. I don't know. I think that doesn't bother me. Really? No. Um, so you would do this type of thing. Wait, what, it's like an Airbnb, but for fucking? For sex dungeoning, yeah. Um, I mean, if I was into sex dungeons, I suppose. Um, I if you join now before May 1st, you're going to receive a 50% discount on host fees. Oh, host fees until July 1st. Like, so it, think about this. Well, I mean, what's, everybody says like, oh, gross, you know, but what's the, what are you going to get besides athlete's foot? Wear sh- wear sandals or wear shoes. Hepatitis. You can get hepatitis from like being on the same leather thing as somebody. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about hepatitis. But you can get. I mean, bed bugs. You could do. This is like bed the bugs stuff you, in leather. In anything, yeah. Oh. And you're like rubbing your hair on it. Yeah. I mean, you could get that in a hotel. Just the same though. And yeah. maybe. The argument could even be made that if you're using this space for sex stuff, they're going to clean it much differently than a hotel even. Maybe better, right? Well, they can just, like, also just hose it down. I mean, like, you can hose down a hotel room, you know? Right. They you can can't bleach yeah. spray this everything. Yeah. I'm going to say I, I wouldn't – look, I'm not really into sex dungeons, but – uh, if, if I was a person, I, I think, look, here's the thing. If you're already that person who's into sex dungeons, you're already probably not a germaphobe. So that, that part's not bothering you. You know? Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Um, cool, Joey. What else in LA? Any other stories? Yeah, Mike. Uh, a kid has written a letter asking Eagle Rock, the city of Eagle Rock, to deal with its Satanist problem. As an, uh, see, uh, God. A young God-fearing Christian from Milwaukee has written into the Eagle Rock Neighborhood Council asking politely that they deal with a Satanist group that is sacrificing humans, dogs, and cats. Uh, the, li- the letter writer also suggested that since we're in a drought, we think about desalinization plans that wouldn't harm wildlife. What? What? <laughs> so basically what... The, what the picture so, the picture shows the kids right. It's like a little kid. Yeah, it's a little kid. Yeah. But what they're talking about, they did research into this, and they turned out that the Eagle Rock PO box that belonged to the Satanic cult is like old. The, the cult's been gone since like the late eighties or something. And the guy who uh, uh, founded it died in the, uh, like late aughts. They said. 
Um, but uh, so let me ask you this question, Mike Lawson. So I don't know where this kid's getting his satanic cult information. I don't know. I didn't know Eagle Rock was a hotbed of satanic cults. I don't know what he expects them to do about it if it was there. But my question to you: Would you ever entertain the idea of joining <laughs> a satanic cult? No, of course not. Um, but I, no, of course not. That's my answer. You know what's funny is I was reading an interview with famed Satanist Anton LaVey. And one of the things I learned, which is very interesting, is that Satanists, I can't speak for the Satanic cult, but people who belong to the Church of Satan, don't actually believe in Satan. They, uh, they don't worship Satan as the way people worship God or Jesus. Because they just pretty much deny the existence of all those characters. They're sort of like trolly atheists. Oh, because right? Satan is a character, so they're not. Yeah, they don't even believe in that. Yeah, no, because oh. they were. Because I remember reading every there. Do you? He's like, no, I don't worship Satan because to if you worship Satan, therefore you acknowledge that God exists. They they right. deny that all those people exist. You know, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about the satanic cult, but I don't know what you think you're going to get uh, out of uh, worshiping the Prince of Darkness. You Attention. Know? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel there was a there was a time when being sat, uh, satanic was a big thing. Well, like wasn't the Night Stalker? Didn't he have something to do with Satan? Yeah, I think it was a satanic cult. That was like, that was like really big, like in the eighties, to be like a satanist, like be on coke and uh, wear shoulder pads, leg warmers, and shoulder pads, and worship Satan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't... Interesting. Speaking so you wouldn't be in a satanic cult? No. But speaking of Satan, Joey, um, have you heard of this Hillary Clinton? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bad segue. Well, um, you know, se- it, it's funny that you say that. I read this story in advance. You explain the story, but I actually don't think it's that far from what you're saying. Well, Joey, my my mother actually told me, and she said it in jest, and she might be listening, but she told me once that she thought Obama was the Antichrist. <laughs> <sighs> Um, Joey, a San Francisco man who's going by the name Ryan, only Ryan, uh, for the moment, he just launched a small site in support of Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential bid, and he was out in Dolores Park this Sunday selling tank tops and t-shirts, and on the tank tops and t-shirts it says, I would, or I'd bottom for Hillary. Wait, I want to go back to something you just said. Don't you think, okay, here's the thing with the misunderstanding of the Antichrist, Okay. The Antichrist doesn't mean that this guy is anti-Jesus. Like he's like going. Oh like, no, she no, knows. It, My mom knows what the Antichrist is. Yeah, it, it's just, it's just like the literal polar opposite of Christ. So Christ was here to do this. You know, this guy's doing the opposite, yeah. right? And we're not going to into the thing of the Antichrist, but the the point of the Antichrist is that the Antichrist is here to bring about the end of times. Yep. Right. Yeah. And. So if you're a Christian and if you are firmly held hold beliefs, if you really do believe about the end of times and Christ will come down and judge the living and the dead and those who are righteous will go to heaven, the rapture and this and that, wouldn't you want the end of times? Isn't that something you would be so excited about? Because now finally you're going to prove these fuckers right and that you were right for worshiping Jesus and now you're going to go to heaven and everything's going to be great. Isn't this something you'd be excited about? And the end of times, you can't fight it. Like, if it's, no. gonna, if it's the end of times, it's the end of times. Yeah, it's not like, oh, yeah. if you wouldn't have voted for Obama, we wouldn't have ended the times. No, it's predestined. Yeah, well, I that's don't get way this. too much logic for this argument. But um, So, Joey, these dude, this dude um, is selling T-shirts that say, I'd bottom for Hillary. And yeah. it's the old Hillary logo. And Ryan has a cardboard, cardboard cutout of Hillary that he was touting around. And then uh, he got a couple of local nudists to pose for it. He set up an Instagram account where he's encouraging others to post. If you guys are on Instagram, you can look up hashtag bottom for Hillary. And he explained that with bottoming, there's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of homosexuals understand the concept. And bottom, bottoming for someone takes a lot of trust and understanding. So he's saying that he trusts and understands Hillary, I guess, with this campaign. And he insisted it's a sincere, a sincere campaign, even though at least one Republican commenter on one of his Instagram posts assumed that it was satire. Um, he, th- he says it's a really – it's a compliment to Hillary. What do you think? 
Ugh, I was so angry when I read this story. I think this guy's trying to reverse engineer what was a stupid joke. You know, I think it. I think the implication was that you know Hillary's like a dude and she has a dick, right? And I think that this is so offensive on so many levels. One, it's just dumb, stupid, young asshole kid like trying to get attention. A, B. Uh, I think it's offensive to strangely gay people, even though I think it's a gay person. I think it's mildly homophobic because it, you're, it, there's a whole thing like that. It, it, it sounds to me like like bottoming is a lesser thing than a, which is a problem the gay community has. You know, with yeah. Uh, the inner, inner inner I'd bend over and take it for Hillary. It, and... It's an implication like mm-hmm. that you're you're doing something less than because sure. because you like Hillary so much. C is insulting to Hillary Clinton. Well, I think you know? it's misogynistic. It's sure. misogynistic. But I really do think of like the gay community is pretty good at its misogyny, isn't it? Yeah, it like, really is actually. So. D um, I had a D, but I don't remember what it is. Let's talk about what we've had what we have on the table so far. I did have a D, but I was just like, 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 fuck this guy, you know? Like, but I think he's referring. He's like, oh, look at this is getting attention. Oh yeah, what I meant was there was not that much thought in it. He wants to sell T-shirts. Yeah, he's no different than this drag queen, Mrs. Kasha Davis, uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race. Who's I knew it. I knew she wanted to get this. There's always time for a cocktail. She says a catchphrase she has in the show. I, I, I knew she wanted to sell t-shirts with it. And sure enough, you go to her website, there's fucking t-shirts and coasters and uh, f- f- cocktail aprons and everything like this. Because this is what she, the scam she has going. And the same thing with this guy. He's trying to sell t-shirts and it's stupid. I don't approve it. He's giving fuel to the Republicans. I have more respect for Hillary than this. And um, yeah, I don't like it. What do you think about people? I, I would say the people that are, um, I don't know even... I wouldn't say supporting this, but maybe that would counter you. They would say, like, come on, take a joke. It's clearly just a joke. No, yeah. because you know what? If the Republicans would have done the same thing, they would have had a fucking shit fit. You know? if you, In other words, if all you did was the Republicans had a, a shirt that said, like, I don't know how they'd phrase it, but the, almost the same quote, like, I'd bought him for Hillary or something like that, with the implication being that... Hillary being a strong female person is therefore a man. Uh, they would fucking lose their fucking minds. How it's insulting to the gay community. Blah 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 blah. I, I don't know. We don't need those kinds of jokes. Not a sure. good joke. It's not a funny joke. I agree with you. You can we do agree. it, but I think it's dumb. I just think it, that's the thing. I'm not offended. I just think it's dumb. Like it's just dumb. There's. I mean, people are saying it's counterproductive too, though. Like this yeah. is our. This is and I, I, I ask him, what are you doing with the money from these t-shirts? Does he say what he's doing with the money? Brunch. Yeah. <laughs> what's up in LA? I mean, what's up next week? What do you got going on? Well, before we get to that, I felt bad about this uh, last week. I forgot to mention this. I know, you know, Mike and I haven't been getting a lot of iTunes reviews lately. I think it's because of the way iTunes sort of changed, you know? And so it's a little... Uh, uh, it, it, it takes more work to leave a review. That's what, at least that's what I'm telling myself. Anyway, we haven't checked the iTunes reviews in a while, but we had two iTunes reviews. I looked, I looked recently, and there were two iTunes reviews, and uh, uh, I wanted to read them. One is by someone named Deej nine zero two six zero. Do you know who this person is? Oh yeah. Oh. So do you? I do. Yeah, on Facebook. Oh, this is the guy that I think I know who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So the title is Real Gay Friends with Great Chemistry. I put gay friends in my title because I only look for gay or GLBT podcasts to listen to, and this never came up in the search results. Thanks, Mike. Luckily, I listened to Mike's other shows and happened to mention that he happened to mention this one day, and I have been a fan ever since. I swear, for the last three years, they have been friends for ten years every year. LOL. That is true. Oh yeah. <laughs> in fact, you know we're officially at fifteen years now. We're officially at fifteen years. Well, we do say March. we say LOL, over a I decade. Have... So it's not like we've been lying. That's just, true. You're right. I have never written reviews of my favorite podcast, but today I owe Joe this one. You gotta love that Joe will call his Mike Lawson as if they are not friends, or what everyone loves in the pregnant pause at the end of the show before Joe signs off. No, Moments Mike, like that. The only part I hate. Moments like that keep me laughing, and most of all, these guys are like listening to the gay friends I wish I had when I was growing up. Oh, that's very nice. Super nice. We have another one, another five-star review by uh, DQ Rick. It's like audio voyeurism. I love listening to this show each week. 
Hearing two friends catch up on the events of the week is like audio voyeurism without the police involvement that usually comes with being a voyeur. <laughs> That's nice. That's you know who nice. DQ Rick is? Dairy Queen Rick, you think? Yeah. Well, thank oh. you both. Deej is the guy. He lives in Orange County. Oh. If it's the one we're thinking of. Yeah. Cool. Thank you guys so much for your reviews. Um, please leave us a review if you guys think about it. You know where to find it in iTunes. Yeah. Anyway, I'm having friends with my. I'm having friends. I'm having friends with my dinner, Liz. <laughs> I'm having dinner with my friend Liz and Mercedes on Friday, and then uh, I'm also. Oh, big announcement! Mike, have you ever heard of the podcast Dubious Intent Plus? Uh huh. Well, uh, one of their co-hosts, I think you know him, Daniel Brewer, is going to be out of town this Sunday, so I'm stepping in for cool. Daniel Brewer. It'll be me. Excuse me. It'll be me and Adam Burns uh, hosting Dubious Intent Plus. It will be the first time in the history of the show that Adam Burns has not been interrupted. So uh, it'll be an interruption-free episode of Dubious Intent Plus. I will be the guest co-host, and we'll be doing that. You can listen live on Sunday from 6 p.m. till 7.30 or so on Pride48.com or just download the show on iTunes. You may remember Adam He's the one that did the co the guest co-hosting with me before. I remember he was in the plane crash. So I think he and I have do a good job. I really yeah, encourage. Yeah, that was a good episode of Catching Up. So it yeah. should be a good episode. It should be a good episode of Dubious Intent Plus. What do you have going on next week, Mike Lawson? Well, I'm finishing up this huge web project at work, which should hopefully wrap up today or tomorrow. And then we're starting all over, and I'm doing it again in Spanish for our other site. So there's that. And then um, – I next weekend I'm going to see a comedian. Um, shit, what's his name? Kill, Kilblaine. Jamie. Wait. Well, Pat Kilbane is my friend. No. Melissa's husband. Jamie Kilstein. Jamie Kilstein. Do you know uh, that? Jamie Kilstein. You know okay. Um, so I'm going to see him on Sunday uh, with friend of the show Christina. Mm-hmm. Steve's going with me. Um, wow, Steve's gonna make an appearance. Yeah. Is Christina gonna be the first uh, podcasting friend that Steve will have met? No, Steve met John Arts. Oh, he did? When? Long time ago. Like, Steve and I were just, like, brand new. And John Arts was in town. Friend of the show, John Arts. Yeah. Uh, listener friend who's met both of us. And yeah. he um, was in town, and um, Steve had plans to meet me, and it just kind of all worked out. And then also, Joey, have you ever heard of The Artist's Way by yes. Julia Cameron? I've actually met the uh, that Julie Cameron or whatever. Do you hate it? Why do you say uh, it? Like, yes. No, okay. No, people, everybody that I know that's actually done it is really annoying. Uh, well, I'm getting started in it, so. Oh, are you? Yeah, that happens to yeah, me, well. too. <laughs> We're on a good streak still. <laughs> streak has right. not been broken. Well, Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Oh, so funny. What? Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.